Good morning, Jennifer Stone for the King's Cross Sting. Today I'm going to talk about the Piccolo Bar. It's a place that I go to for coffee and it's a place that I've frequented since about 2011, early 11, maybe in 2010 a touch. But the history of the Piccolo Bar is like seeing the history of King's Cross and how it has evolved and how King's Cross has evolved. And now King's Cross is dead and the Piccolo Bar is very quiet. So we'll go through the Piccolo Bar and Vito, who is very famous as the person who hoops around the place and has a chat. But over the years, he's worked there. So the Piccolo Bar was first actually a cafe and it started in 1952 when Ozzy started it and Vitero linked in in the 1970s so Ozzy was there for four years before Vitro started someone in their 90s apparently came in last week and said that the shop was running in the 1940s and he said he was there apparently a small jazz bar would be in the corner and not sure if it was called the piccolo though Vitro was a shoe salesman before the Piccolo Bar and he only worked part-time at the Piccolo in the early 70s. Steve was the full-time worker there. Vitro lived in Ranwick where he had piles of platform shoes, new in the boxes from where he had worked. He gave Terry Johnson a pair. Platform shoes didn't come out until the 70s. And probably lay girls was wearing platform shoes back then. Vitro would shut the piccolo bar at 5am or 6 and start again at 4pm. So during the day, the piccolo bar was either run by somebody else or shut. Ozzy bought the piccolo bar from gambling money he had won about 55 years ago by reports. Ozzy made the piccolo bar bohemian. No one else did. Vitra made it theatrical and Ozzie ran it six days a week, Steve on Sundays. Vitro became more regular in the early 70s. By the mid-70s, except for Sundays, he was the centrepiece. History unravelling. So the Piccolo Bar was started in 1952 by Bill Yader and Bob Montessero. They actually opened a lot of coffee shops together back then. The official development application was in 1956. But remember, the Piccolo Bar was there in the 40s. And it's in a very old building. Ozzy had a win on the horses and waited to buy the shop and wanted to buy the shop. However, they would only sell him a share. So the three of them owned it until Ozzy bought them out. Vitro knew Ozzy from the markets. He started working part-time in the mid-60s, mid to late 60s. When Vitro lost his job at the shoe shop, he then worked full-time at the Piccolo Bar. The memory, memory links to the late 1969s. There was a dog, a big Alaskan dog, which is a type of German shepherd, and boxes. People remember linking to the box factory on Silverwater Road. 
Silverwater then delivered goods for an Italian deli in Haymarket. By reports, the Piccolo Bar was still under Aussie until Vitro started taking over in 1994. So he had it a while. Vitro is known to keep working after a heart attack when he was 80 years old. He had a triple bypass surgery out of the way. He was back on the front seat knitting his signature scarves and greeting customers like Vito did. And he's limited to one coffee a day now. Vito used to drink five to six coffees a day, but that doesn't cause your heart attacks. Um, it's a breakdown of other things also. Vito is a success story from an Italian immigrant's cafe, once famous for its visitors of international characters, strippers, drag queens, artists and bohemians visiting the area. This was the only coffee shop that was open all night, six to six. Vito's boss said to close at three, but Vito never did. Vito remembers some of the names like Confetti, Lou Ullman, Jeremy Irons, Marina Faithful, and locals like Rene Geyer, Jeannie Lewis, Martin Sharp, former South Australian Premier Don Dunstan, Reg Livymore as visitors to the Piccolo Bar. Interesting will be the South Australian Premier Don Dunstan. Why was he there in King's Cross when he linked into um, the time period of when Abe Saffron was exposed in Parliament in South Australia. Vitro from his days emceeing a troupe called Cabaret Conspiracy upstairs at the Garby coffee shop to the buzzing nightclubs and now the lockouts in King's Cross was killing the trade. They love it. Vito works for King's Cross. He loves the atmosphere. He loves seeing the people and absorbing with the old coffee machine that told the history. I was just drinking the coffee and absorbing the atmosphere. I would sit there day after day sometimes. Sometimes I'd go there once a week on a regular basis to a pattern form, then you start to see the regulars. So then I'd change my time and go on a different day. And that was then when we started to see Robert with the historic number plates on his bike and the red sports car that he would be in at times. And then he sat down one night beside me and started chatting me up. I thought, what an idiot. And anyway, Robert it was. That's the only name I know. He may go under another name. Uh, so... The Piccolo Bar's been a bit of a puzzle in King's Cross because over the time period, Vito was allegedly moving some pot and he had heroin too. Um, the pot used to weigh up and what happened was a copper came in, an undercover, and asked him, can I get a bit of pot? And he said, a pound or two. <laughs> he got picked up, arrested, got sent, walked down to King's Cross Police Station. So that was in the 90s. Um, and then he, by the time he got down to the police station, there were two big town barristers waiting to help him get out. They released him. 
They knew. Hang on a minute, he had friends in high places. And he was just moving a pot or two. So coffee has another name. You know, the pots of tea, the teapots, the magical life in Alice in Wonderland, how the teas. Anyway, we would go and sit out the front of the piccolo bar or in the park opposite, just watching. The police had cameras on the street, so when people came and went, it was very easy to knock down the time of when they were there, where I was, and then they'd be able to watch this person where they went in King's Cross. These were the big boys that the police were not picking up because they had no idea. They keep their noses so clean they don't touch the drugs. Very hard to get them. It's all about the money. And that's the thing. When the guys that are getting picked up with the drugs are never the ones with the money. Anyway, I went through the piccolo bar. Sometimes people would talk to me about different cases. You know, an Ivan Malat case came up in there after he died and after Ivan died and people talked about him going to Porky's and then his nephew and I asked him, they, he said, never would have. He never would have gone to Porky's. Well, maybe it was a Porky or two. But, but this is what King's Cross is all about. All the stories that make it. All the characters. You know, there's a lady turns up in a hat, beautifully dressed, old-fashioned. And she'll go in and she'll have a coffee and she'll have a cup of tea or, or a slice of cake. And her son's a barrister and, you know, then she goes home. And that's her whole life. She's very bohemian, but she fits in because that's what King's Cross is all about. For all those actresses that were once, or for all the people that are just a bit zany, I fit in there. And I love it for that. I don't stand out because there's someone always coming in that's more zanier than me. And I feel normal. But when I come to the suburbs, then I start to see <laughs> I'm way more zanier than most suburbs girls are. I love King's Cross. I probably will see King's Cross, you know, week after week as I grow older. But my connection with King's Cross will never die because I'll be the one who will have raised Juanita, who will have exposed a gang in King's Cross. And that gang moves drugs, just a pot or two, a pound or two. And you know, Vitro said to me in the very beginning when he realised I was coming and watching and typing away and what I was doing, and I talked to him about Juanita. He was around when Juanita was there. And he said, you just got to watch. He said, the people are still around and you're on the right trail. So I knew that I just had to keep going. He was giving me some very good insight that my research was right. And that was very important. Not just to me, but for many people that would find Juanita. So the gang in King's Cross, there's a few regular places where I've gone. Lay Girls uh, is the old carousel club, which is now the Empire Hotel. I used to sit in there 
at the bar that looks out to the street. That was somewhere where I sat by myself. I've only actually typed in there one time. Uh, bourbon and beef, I'd sit in there and watch the horses. I did a lot of work on trying to get the pattern and system in the horses at the bourbon and beef. And I noticed others would come and watch, but it was a bit hidden. You know, I didn't stand out as watching there. No one knew me. Otherwise, they would have thought I had a betting problem because I can't follow anything unless I'm doing it. So I would have betting slips around me. And once I started to get the pattern, especially in the Brisbane and Melbourne races, I started to win on the trifectas. So it was important to see those patterns and to study it. So it's, it's an interesting time. So Piccolo Bar has changed owners in 2020. Seamus has gone. He was fantastic. He knew a lot about King's Cross. He also knew about the the people that were the would-bes and could-bes and the people who had made it, you know, and there's not that many in King's Cross. You know, sometimes I'd turn up and he'd say to me, oh, John Ibrahim was hanging around this week, and i go, oh, yeah. He probably was only walking past. But it would just show you that for him to tell me, he thought that was of interest. I wasn't really interested in him. There's puppets above. And they're the ones that the police were struggling to expose. So we have the Costello boys. You know, they were in Kellett Street. It was a brothel for boys. Um, but it was a club, like a seedy club. And that links into the Anita Copy murders. They say that those guys that did that came from the Costello's Club. So you start to realise the brothels in Kellett Street are very important into this gang. Though Costello's is gone, there's still two more brothels in Kellett Street. And that was something that I was watching. Uh, because there's a uh, the Roma Cafe Roma. Now that's where I got told Bill Bayer was having meetings there, you know, um, having dinner with his nephew and going for meetings. Now, what if that was true? I knew he was going there, but if that was true, wouldn't you think the police would be watching? Wouldn't you think that would be a stupid place to go? You know, they used to go to Double Bay for the Double Cross. But then they came back. But if you go through the history, uh, Abe Saffron used to go to Double Bay for the Double Cross. So it was a connection between the two and actually not very far away. So then we go back through uh, the other clubs. So there's the Las Vegas Hotel. Uh, that's changed owners just lately. Uh, yeah, I've sat out the front of there. That was a good view into Porky's doorway. I used to sit at another cafe that was opposite uh, Love Machine and you could see the doorway so good that I told the police that was somewhere where they needed to put someone to watch and what time abouts because you'd see the thugs go up the stairs and then they'd come out the back entrance and that was the start, allegedly, of the drug run for the night, was how they divvy it all up. 
So you start to think about the places in King's Cross. So opposite we had the brothel, we had the King's Cross Hotel, um, which was known as uh, Sweeter. Uh, it's now Potts Point Hotel. Uh, and it had a bar put on the roof. And that was a spot where you could sit in and watch the brothel. And I did do that a couple of times. And then I noticed that there was a man that would sit there most nights when I turned up. So I started to realise, hang on, I wasn't the only one watching. And then when I went in at lunchtime and I'd ask around, who was that guy that was there? Who was he? You know, thinking, well, was he a detective, an undercover? Or was he someone that's from this gang that was just watching, waiting for the cops? And, you know, the spy, but, you know, times are tough and people all just want the money for the slings. Then we had Lankley Cres. Lankley Lane, which is a 240-metre walkway where it's, you know, just a bit above the the um, Roslyn Street and it's right beside the Astoria Hotel. So the Astoria Hotel's gone. The Lido Hotel has changed names to the Uno Hotel and that allegedly is supposed to link to the Bayer family, but I'm not sure how or where. But that's what the rumours are on the strip. But most of the places are now shut. You know, Lankley um, Place, the laneway there as you walk up, there are cafes there and bars now and the Mad Cafe, Mad Cow Cafe and there's a buck, Backpackers. Um, but, yeah, it was buzzing. It was absolutely buzzing when I was there in 2011, and now it's a lot quieter. You know, people think while King's Cross gets quieter, that they've cleaned it up. Until they expose the brothel, then they haven't cleaned up King's Cross at all. And that's the danger, where the public have thought, oh, King's Cross is getting cleaned up, all the the old pubs and that are getting redeveloped. Some pubs are and some aren't. It seems to be a system in that. Some are getting through council and getting redeveloped. But remember, what's feeding it? What's building these big high-rises? Start to think about chasing the money and we start to see the answers on this. So uh, the brothel uh, is now known as 36 Darlinghurst Road and it shut in 2020. It's been shut all year. Uh, So it's interesting, they tried to open it up in October and the air conditioner got smashed by this huge concrete thing and then they've been had the building all boarded up and they've had work cover there and they've had to repair stuff and that. So there's major works happening at the building, but all to make it operational. They're not noticing that the cops are all over it. They're not noticing that the cops are watching. They're not noticing anything like that because they're not even in Australia. They're looking at other people saying, you know, what's happening? Oh, King's Cross is dead. This is why it's shut. But no, it's shut because what's in it is so valuable to the gang 
They need it shut. So you look at the owner, what does she do? She starts legal action on everyone. When the danger builds up within the brothel opening, they then shut it because it's life or death situation and then the owner comes in and sues you, you know, for paying the bills. And then we'll re-rent it out, re-lease it. Yes, it's all a system. It's all a gang playing games on everyone and no one picking it up. But it's all through this sub-law compartment. Well, anyway, many of the businesses on Roslyn Street now are shut. There's empty buildings dotting along the line. You know, the Una Hotel looks like it needs a good scrub and clean on the outside, even though it's supposed to be done up. The curtains could have been done a lot better. Now we have Penny's Cheese Shop on Roslyn Street. We have Petal and Fern, the florist. We have the Piccolo Bar. We have Jack Rabbit, the hairstylist for men. And we have another hairstylist for women. And a corner shop where you can buy your cigarettes two by two. Anyway, we're, we're talking about the area and showing a little bit on how we could get into watching and waiting and noticing, noticing what the police had missed. And this is how you bring down a drug network. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Stone and I'm reporting for the King's Cross Sting.